0: Welcome to Reframe and Reset Your Career, a podcast to help if you're looking for a job, feeling stuck in your career, or just trying to rediscover your why. I am your host, Harsha Borelessa, and this podcast came from my passion for neuroscience and psychology, and their interaction with career and personal development. I will be interviewing recognized experts and successful professionals, and asking them to share the insights and strategies that have helped their careers thrive. Implementing change is not easy and does take time, but I do hope that their stories will inspire you on your path to greater success and fulfillment in your career. Here are some highlights
1: of today's episode. If you're not failing, then you're probably not pushing yeah. yourself enough. It shouldn't be seen, yeah, seen as a negative, really. It should be seen as part of learning and development, whatever you're doing. Uncertainty is something you have to get familiar with and, and almost comfortable with. The best players manage their emotions, manage the down periods to make them shorter and be able to bounce back from tough periods. The key for me when there's that much riding on it is just trying to focus in as much as you can on that situation and doing what you can that day, because worrying about the bigger picture doesn't help you deal with what's in front of you.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today on episode 54 of the Reframe and Reset Your Career podcast. Before we begin, I wanted to thank all the supporters of the YouTube channel as it recently passed 200 subscribers. There are over 200 clips from the podcast interviews covering job search, communication, sporting insights mindset and other career development subjects. For any new listeners, please connect on LinkedIn and do subscribe, like and share if you enjoy the content. It does make such a difference. Now back to the show. Robbie is a professional cricketer with one of England's top cricket clubs, Middlesex. Prior to gaining a full-time contract, Robbie attended Loughborough University where he studied psychology. He is a batsman wicketkeeper and in 2021 scored two hundreds and several fifties, along with signing a new three-year contract until 2024. For the past few winters, Robbie has been working for David James Wealth as a client relationship manager, as well as training for the cricket season. Robbie was one of the early guests of the show on episode eight, and it's great to have him back here during his pre-season training.
1: Welcome, Robbie. Thanks, Harsha. It's great to be with you. Yeah, it seems like it, it wasn't too long ago that we were sat here a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it's great to be back on the podcast and to be chatting with you today. Robbie, you're one of the few people who's invited back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody. What They'll an be honor. jealous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great to be back. And yeah, I'm sure we'll cover some of the same things and explore some new areas. So, yeah, looking forward to the, the conversation.
0: Cool. As you're saying, I just can't believe it's been two years since our first interview. And that was done during the height of lockdown. Now you've scored two hundreds, have a new contract. And was it a complex negotiation with Middlesex to sort out your three-year contract?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's always a negotiation, so that's quite a, an experience and something that, yeah, you probably don't don't get much preparation for before you actually have to do it. So, yeah, I've got a really good relationship with the club, and and they were great with me, and I've been there a very long time. So it was a fairly sort of simple decision, and it was great to have that security, something that you don't often have as a as a professional sportsman. And yeah, it's a, an exciting time for the club, you know getting promoted into Division One for this year. It's, it's a really exciting time, and I'm glad to have got that contract, and excited to see what the next couple of years is is gonna go. And and do you
0: think being a, a client relationship manager that helped you and working in finance, you know those guys in finance, they're pretty tough characters. Do you think that helped you, Robbie?
1: Well, that's a good question. I don't, yeah, I, I'd probably been about a year having started with, with David James Wealth when I had that negotiation. So yeah, I, it wasn't something I was conscious of, but maybe, maybe in the background, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of skills that I've been really fortunate to pick up through doing, you know, something outside of, of cricket. And I've really enjoyed that. I'm sure we'll touch on that later. But it's yeah, it's, it's quite a, an interesting experience of probably something that's slightly, you know, not in your in your comfort zone. So Yeah, no, I was really glad to get that sort of done and and sort of then concentrate just on playing, which is what you want to be doing, really. Fantastic.
0: And and it's interesting, I think, there are a lot of things that you pick up sort of subliminally, which without realising, just because you're around and doing something the whole time. So say with cricket or any sports, you're always solving problems in a way because there may be a new bowler or the the pitch may be slightly different. And it's always about, I think, meeting challenges and solving problems.
1: Yeah exactly and I think they tell us a lot when we have chats and conversations about second careers how transferable the skills are in sport and I think a lot of them are really transferable and you're dealing with challenges all the time and having to overcome things and I think yeah it probably takes a bit more thought as to how you're actually using skills to overcome those challenges because sometimes it's not always obvious to see how they're transferable to other areas of your life but I think you do have to deal with a huge number of real difficult challenges high pressure environment so I think you can take a huge amount from the coping mechanisms you use in sport to then other areas of your life I think it's getting more and more more widely talked about and there's more education about trying to use some of those skills and then pursuing them in in different areas it's such a a big topic for for athletes to try and you know look at the skills that they're gaining from sport they're always trying to strive strive and get better at, at sport but also being aware of the things you're learning that you can use elsewhere.
0: And one interesting thing, which I, I hadn't really picked up, is when people talk about creativity, they think, well, he's a sportsman. He's not really creative. But actually, you are much more creative than you realize because you know, the pitch changes. The ball is a difference in every match. You're always having these new problems that you have to solve, and actually, sometimes there's a lot more sort of inner creativity than you realise. And it's funny for me; I never thought I was creative at all. And probably people will still say, on listening to the podcast, he's not very creative. But obviously, somebody's listening to the podcast after fifty episodes, and I think sometimes we have these limiting beliefs about what we can and what we can't do. So maybe there's a inner creative in you, Robbie. Maybe you should be starting a podcast or writing a, well. a newspaper column
1: yeah it's interesting i think i have the same sort of mindset as you had there having done more mathsy and sciencey subjects at school and always being interested more in in the math side of things i wouldn't put myself down as a sort of creative that's definitely not where i felt my sort of strengths lie but yeah as you say there are different scenarios where you can sort of use different parts that you probably weren't aware of so always sort of trying to learn and challenge but i think yeah that's a side there there's probably still more more room to explore and improve yeah Yeah, well you
0: you you tell some good stories there could be a, a Public speaking after dinner—that that wow. sort of thing. I think there'd have to be a lot of, yeah, <laughs> a lot of training and exactly. So for our listeners who are not cricket fans, now obviously cricket is a unique sport as it places huge mental demands on the players, and especially it can last for a number of days.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, a huge challenge mentally. I think it's it's widely spoken about as probably one of the the more demanding sports the challenge of particular as a batsman you know having your sort of one opportunity and you know the best players do well sort of one in three one in four so you're dealing with failure a lot of the time and it's you know it's much more black and white your score's next to your name so everyone can see how you've done I suppose with football and rugby you can sort of you know hide behind the, the team performance a little bit more I know maybe people might get a bit defensive about that but you're able to sort of blend in a little bit more in more traditional team sports whereas yeah the statistics are quite you know black and white and uh, they stay. In the face. So when you're having a tough time and when things aren't going away, it's it's really challenging. Yeah, I suppose the best players manage their emotions, manage the down periods to make them shorter and be able to bounce back from tough periods to keep their head and try and stay level and then know that their practice and their training and their experience will mean that they'll come good at some point. So I think that's the sort of biggest challenge. And you see it with yeah, a lot of the players that we play with that you know there are up and downs, and you've got to try and ride the good times as much as you can and then you know, stay level and, and know that there will be good scores coming around the corner when you, you're having challenging times. So that's a sort of the big battle with cricket, and particularly batting, which is you know quite a unique one in, in sport, I think.
0: And it's interesting you say that because in a way, you say, if you're going through a bad trot, you almost have to bend reality and say to yourself, look, I've still got a chance the next innings that could work out in my favour. Two years ago, you started the season and literally you had one chance to make runs. And I, and I was actually watching it on YouTube that day thinking, <laughs> Robbie, please score runs. Yeah, My podcast still hasn't been released.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you sort of tell our listeners how you deal with that situation? Because, I mean, that's an extreme level of pressure. Yeah, you know, In the working environment, I don't think anybody is put in really into that situation where if you don't perform, you're effectively going to almost lose your job in a way um, I yeah. mean how did you deal with that because it was really impressive
1: yeah oh thanks yeah it was just, I was just I'll just thinking about the podcast actually making sure that i was still playing when it came out <laughs> that that innings was definitely a case of feeling like it was my last chance otherwise I was out and I'd had a couple of low scores at the start of the year and yeah as you say you know the overseas is coming in so you know someone's got to miss out and I was probably the obvious candidate to miss out so knew that I needed a score. It's something you've got to deal with as a sportsman because it happens where you know that there is a lot riding on a particular occasion. I think the more you can focus in on your job that day and it's a bit of a cliche but sort of focus in on the the here and now and, and the present the more you you know get away from thinking about the the bigger picture and the white noise which is a distraction i think sort of yeah doesn't help you deal with the the occasion when you train hard and you put in the work I think it's that just trusting that that's going to stand you in good stead and if you have a couple of low scores then it's likely you know the law of averages that you're going to come good at some point I remember that that game quite clearly so there wasn't much time to think about it which is probably a, a nice thing yeah we got completely blown away in the first innings and yeah I think it's almost like this is last chance to lose my mindset going into it that the worst that can happen is I'm I'm not picked the next game and anything better is is a win so sometimes in those scenarios it's almost the pressure's off and you feel a little bit free from the shackles because you almost feel like the negative outcome is there so it's a tough thing to deal with and you know as, as cricketers and batsmen you have those moments from time to time where you really feel like you've got one more innings to prove yourself and luckily you know I've had times in the past few years where I've played a few games and then got dropped. So, you know, I've had times where it hasn't worked out, but luckily that year and the year before it went well and I managed to then get a few games. And once you have a run of games and feel like you're playing well and there's a bit more confidence and there's definitely a a weight off your shoulders and you can relax and play without thinking about, are you going to play the next game? The key for me, when there's that much riding on it, is just trying to focus in as much as you can on that situation and doing what you can that day. Because worrying about the bigger picture doesn't help you deal with what's in front of you.
0: I think that's really interesting because I think, in a way, what you're sort of saying is almost reframe the situation because there's a load of pressure on on there. Thinking about that too much isn't going to help you. So really try and control what you can control. Obviously, you've done all the practice beforehand, and in a way, not thinking too much is a good thing. Almost relying on your mind and your body to. Get you into the right position and do well without putting too much pressure on yourself. Is that sort of broadly correct, Robbie? Or?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a hard thing to do, especially when, when there's a lot of pressure. Whatever it is that you're doing, if there's a lot riding on it, it's hard to not see it for what it is, which is a you know a highly pressured thing where potentially you know you can lose. You know, there's negative consequences if things don't go well. But I think yeah, focusing in on whether it's you know some sort of routine or or something where it stops you from thinking about the bigger picture, some other players they have you know pre-delivery routines they have some of them listen to music some of them this is sort of before before they go out it would be tough to do <laughs> whilst you're batting or certain sort of yeah physical cues that sort of make them switch on to the present I think that those sort of things can help you sort of not let your mind drift to you know bigger worries and negative thoughts which you know are not gonna not gonna help you deal with the challenge in front of you
0: and, and I think it's interesting in sport. You had the Super Bowl recently, and then the World Cup final a few months ago, and you're in these situations where you know you've got to these very high levels, and you know that one team is going, and one set of players are going to miss out, and basically that's going to be their own, only chance potentially for the rest of their careers. It's really impressive how people deal with that pressure because you you could either say, well. You know, Focus too much on that but I would say it's better to think well I've got there it's an achievement and like you're saying whatever happens it's a a bonus and at least then you're looking at it in a a positive way but if you focus on the pain which comes with defeat it it really weighs you down.
1: No absolutely I agree completely and I think yeah the the football was interesting One, I always I'm always really interested by penalties it's such a sort of extreme example of you know relatively simple skill that they would be you know so comfortable doing with at the training ground And the enormity of a situation with a stadium and with hundreds of millions of people watching on TV and a big World Cup game, suddenly what's quite a simple skill becomes very difficult. And that's what you see in sport at the the highest level is people being challenged against the best players, but under the most amount of pressure and the most scrutiny. So the challenge of the best athletes is that they can do it in the the highest pressure scenarios learning about what mechanisms work for you to to sort of help you in those scenarios and help you focus in and stop your mind wondering about
0: the (laughs) exactly
1: i couldn't imagine how you would channel your focus there when you've got you know everyone waving behind the the goal and yeah the, the magnitude of the situation it's just you know that that is the extreme of coping with high pressure situation so it's fascinating area and a lot of it you can learn from from sport as to how you would apply that in different pressured roles which everyone has different pressures don't they in their life so it's a good it's a good challenge for everyone to try and work out what the best way that that they deal with it is
0: and i think it's quite interesting say in the working environment you know say if you're going for a big interview or you've got to give a big sales presentation there's obviously a lot of pressure on that, and sometimes people focus on the negative that oh I'm not going to get the job or it's not you know the, I'm I'm not going to get the the work from the client. But in a way, I think if you can reframe it and say well actually getting to the interview stage that's a huge thing, and actually focus on doing as as good a job as possible rather than f- focusing on the negative. Sometimes when you know when you fail you you get rejected say in your job search it's it's painful and I and I think it's a very similar feeling to say when you get a low score or it doesn't go well at, in a match and I think it's that whole idea of just becoming comfortable yeah I'm not saying you could be a masochist but it's just being comfortable with the the bad feeling and yeah. being able to bounce back
1: yeah 100% I think learning from failure and dealing with it is it's paramount in whatever you do and everyone's going to fail and if you're not failing then you're probably not pushing yourself enough it shouldn't be seen yeah seen as a negative really it should be seen as part of learning and development whatever you're doing negative thought and negative feelings are natural I like uh, Stephen Peters a psychologist who works with you know he's worked with a lot of top athletes and I really like what he says and what he talks about he talks about the chimp on your shoulder as that sort of negative self-talk that people have you know innate in their psyche so it's sort of dealing with that emotion and being able to control it is you know the key because I think it's easy to say you know just don't think about it and just ignore it but the fact is it's you know it's there for everyone everyone has that that chimp on the shoulder who's sort of giving some self-doubt and questioning what you're doing but it's sort of being able to try and just override it and keep it under control so that you're able to be in a good place emotionally to cope with the challenges the ups and downs of you know whatever it is you're doing.
0: And in a way, if you could sort of remind yourself of when things went well, you could almost like have a show read of Robbie White's greatest innings, Mm -hmm. a 10 minute YouTube, and that could almost like reset your mind, you know, if you're hitting a nice shot or you're taking a catch. I'm not saying that before we do the podcast, Mm -hmm. I watch 20 minutes of myself on YouTube. (laughs) That would be rather sad. <laughs> yeah, those numbers up but I think anything that makes you feel good about yourself it's just about sometimes trying to break through that negativity and say well look you can do it and, and also for you the fact that you've scored two you're clearly a talented batsman if you've done it once you can do it again a lot of
1: players do do that they literally watch back times where they've done well yeah it's, it's something that works well in terms of particularly when guys are having challenging times as you think oh what what was I doing how did it look when I was being really successful so yeah, it, it's something that definitely can work for different people. It's finding out what, you know, what's your thing that maybe helps you get from a place where you're a bit low on confidence and you're struggling a bit to, you know, you sort of performing at your best. Having the sort of the ability to think back as to where, you know where your mindset was what things were happening when you were doing well I think that's a good thing to have you know people do that in different ways but being aware of where you're at when things were going well I think is a good place to be so you can sort of tap into that relive some of those experiences to give you that familiarity of when things were going well
0: cool moving on from that clearly there's a lot of uncertainty in a sportsman's life and you know you don't know about your contracts you don't know where you're going to be playing obviously your performance impacts whether you get picked so you're having to deal with a lot of this uncertainty going forward in the world you've got all these crazy uncertain things going on do you have any particular strategies that you use to cope with uncertainty and have a a mindset to deal with uncertainty
1: yeah it's a a good question it's a definitely a big question i'm not sure i've got the, the full answer Uncertainty is something you have to get familiar with and and almost comfortable with as a sportsman. You you have uncertainty pretty much all the time, and there are no guarantees. And you know you, your desire for a sort of stable, consistent you know life is is not realistic. So it sort of becomes more you know normal really to to because we have to deal with it so much. I suppose the one thing that we can control is training and practice. So I think that's the way that we deal with you know, not knowing where we're going to be, where we're playing, what what team we're in. And... <laughs> you have to share room with. (laughs) Exactly, who you have to share a room with, who you're traveling with all these sort of things it's not in your control but I think yeah the, the one thing as athletes you can control mostly I suppose is training and knowing that you've done the work so that you can go into games with that sort of peace of mind knowing that you've done the hard work and then you know what what whatever the outcome is the outcome and that's sort of you know out of your control and I suppose that just thinking about the, the challenge with that is when you're injured because then you can't control your training so you have even more difficulties where there's nothing really you can do the challenge there is how to do nothing and keep keep sort of sane and motivated and challenged when you talk about routine I I remember when I was injured where I'd get up and you know I'd go to the gym and do my rehab and you sort of have certain things where you know every day you've got certain things on yeah it it may be you can only plan for a a few days or a week or whatever it is but I think trying to create a bit of a, a routine where you can is really helpful and for athletes when you're playing it's training I think that can drive that but it's it's a big question. I don't think you know. I found the the answer for sure. But it's it's sort of constant learning of how to deal with uncertainty. Exactly.
0: 100%. Well, well, Robbie, now, now you've got over fifty episodes of Reframe and Reset your career, and two hundred YouTube videos to watch. So exactly. You have, and, and you have your exams to study for. Yeah, a lot no of material.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. A lot of material to tap into. Always learning. It's good, you know. You, It's good to hear other people's thoughts. And I think that's what's good about these podcasts. You listen to different people in different walks of life with different expertise and different experiences and you can pick things up from them. And sport can be, you know, it's a very high functioning environment, but it also can be a bit of a bubble where, you know, you're dealing with people who have had similar experiences to you. So it's really good for us to sort of listen to people in other walks of life and and learn about how they've dealt with different challenges and and what we can sort of pick up from them. A lot, lot more listening to do. Another 50 videos, another 50 podcasts. <laughs> but
0: the one really interesting point I think that I, I picked up there Robbie was this idea of control and I think you know say you can easily like transfer that to the working environment because say if you're say looking for work or you want to try and progress in your career you can't control whether somebody's going to give you a job. You can't control whether your manager is going to promote you. But what you can do is, you know, you can prepare as well as possible, say for an interview, you can, you know, think about the questions. And if you do that again and again, hopefully that that's going to go in your favor. And rather thinking about the negative, Think about what you can do. It's about the preparation. And the same thing if you're going for a promotion. Not everybody can't get a promotion, but what you can do is is do the work, do the preparation. And even if you don't get the promotion, you're still in a a good situation because you've learned something. What do you think, Robbie, about that idea of just focusing on what you can control?
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I think things that are out of your control often take up a lot of people's time and thoughts, it ends up distracting you, similar to what we spoke about earlier. So I think something like an interview where it can be, again, uncertain, you don't know how it's going to go, you're nervous about it, I think all you can do is prepare as well as you can and go into it knowing that you're, you know, you're in a good place you know you know your material you've done your background research you know you're in the best place possible to go into that interview i think that feeling of going in well prepared puts you in a really good place and it's the same yeah with an interview or you know a tough pitch or whatever it is that you're doing that's under pressure yeah, being well prepared and going into it, knowing that you've done the work, I think massively helps your confidence and mindset going into it. You can control that preparation and then whatever comes after that is out of your control. But knowing that you've done all you can means that you're in a good place to, to do well.
0: And also, I think if you've done the preparation, you've done the work, I'm not saying failure is ever easy to take. But if you do lose, or it doesn't go your way, then at least you can say I've done all the work. Sometimes
1: it's just not meant to be, yeah,
0: and and you don't feel as bad about the defeat.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's just another sort of failure that you can learn from and see reflect back on what it was that meant that you didn't get it. It might just be, it wasn't right for you. It might be that that was a good thing because it didn't fit what you wanted, but it also might be that you didn't do the right research or you, you didn't answer the questions correctly. So I think being able to take that failure as a, as a learning and reflect well on it and, you know, use that experience to then make sure you, you'll do better the next time is, is really important.
0: I can see, Robbie, there's a, a future career as a, a sports psychology guru coming
1: up. I'm not sure about that. Well, I did a psychology degree. That was my degree at Loughborough. So maybe some, yeah, some of the cramming I did for some exams is coming back to me. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> the Robbie White important. key tips for success yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's always been a, a topic I've been really interested in and I've sort of re- read and listened to different things on it so it's a it's a really interesting subject and I think yeah as we talked about there's a lot of things that you know correlate with sport and out of sport and, and that sort of dealing with challenges and high pressure situations I find it as a as such an important part in you know in lots of areas of your life
0: yeah H- have you come across this guy called Stephen Sylvester because he wrote a book on I think psychology or whatever and Virat Kohli was was seen reading it and funny enough he was at Essex and I think also Middlesex he was, he was a yeah. left arm fast bowler
1: yeah yeah, he was at Middlesex when I was there. So oh, okay. yeah, no, I, I know him quite well. Knew, he was, he sort of left a few years ago now. So yeah. I did some work. Yeah, he's very thought provoking. He's a really interesting character. And I think he, yeah, he's he's worked quite, probably differently to a lot of the psychologists, the other psychologists that i worked with. And he had a really good relationship with a lot of the players. I still feel like it's probably an underused area in sport. It's probably still catching up. It's such an important facet of performance. Like there's still a lot more sort of pursuit of physical fitness and strength and things like that when, yeah, the mental side of it can get neglected. He was really good and he was closely linked to the club and he did a really good job with a lot of players. So it's, it's, it's always been interesting working with different people and he was definitely one that things still resonate with me that he, he talks about.
0: And, and I think that it's a really interesting point you make there that I think you've got to be open minded, because there are a lot of people who just think, oh, these people are just talking mumbo jumbo. How, how is mindset or meditation or whatever it is going to help me on the cricket field? And then I think when you can see the science behind it, and you see how you could implement it, and then also see that it does work, then I think it, it's almost like a light bulb moment. But you have to be open minded, don't you, Robbie?
1: yeah you do and i think some people are still definitely not open-minded to it and i think that's where the challenge is and it can be quite an individual thing so some people would get on really well with certain psychologists and some people would really not see eye to eye so it can be challenging to get someone in who who works well with everyone and that's maybe it could be a more individual thing that people i know some people have sort of worked with people outside of the environment which may be a good thing as well to sort of get a different perspective so, yeah, it's definitely about having an open mind and, and sort of thinking that there are always things you can learn. And also, you know, speaking amongst each other and trying to pick things up from what they've learned and what they do and how they've sort of learn from different situations. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of growth that can still come from that area. And I think it's still a long way to go, but it's definitely better than it was. It's something that everyone's sort of becoming more aware of and focusing more on so hopefully there's more yeah more and more focus on it moving forward
0: sometimes when you're looking from the outside i mean i'm clear i haven't played to your level but playing in team sports in the team environment you realize there's also a lot of insecurity that people can almost talk a good game but actually deep down they're very worried they'd like to talk And it's almost creating a a situation where they can go and talk to somebody. And maybe in the working environment, sometimes you you see people who act in a not the greatest way, but actually it could be that they're deep down quite insecure people. And I think it's the job of a good manager or a coach or whoever's running the show to realize that and treat them as individuals.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think sport can be a place where people feel like they almost need to act out a certain way and sort of have this persona of someone who's hyper-confident or sort of a strong alpha male, exactly, that sort of character. And there are probably times where you need to sort of put your chest out and sort of stand up tall because fundamentally it's a tough, arena and you've got to stand up to challenges and you're right I think it's the job of you know the captain the coaches the psychologists whoever it is to sort of dig down a bit deeper and try and work out what's going on and what, what their personality is and how you can bring out the best of their performance if someone who's a bit more introverted and a bit shy maybe they need to sort of portray a bit more outward confidence and put their chest up and for other people it may be that they need to sort of rein it in a bit and they're you know they're getting too emotional and too too high so yeah it's, it's a challenge but I think there's definitely a case of people hiding their emotion and putting on a bit of an act there's probably a balancing act to have between you got to be strong and and face up to the challenges but you know you also want to be aware of in touch with your your weaknesses so that you, you know where they are and how you can deal with them
0: i think sometimes people who are looking from the outside they always say well he's not trying it looks like he's not putting the effort in and i don't think there's any sportsman that i've ever come across who really doesn't try maybe it's like a mask it's easier to look as if you're not trying because then if you fail you can say well i didn't make an effort i think in sport obviously you do all the training but it's really important to think clearly and especially when you're under extreme pressure it's very hard to think clearly
1: masking yeah how they really feel can be a a sort of big challenge for people just focus on the task at hand and not worry about how people are looking at you or what sort of people's outward image and how they're going to portray you and just getting it back to the room getting it back to the arena and just focusing on on what you've got to do because that's fundamentally what you're, you're paid to do is do the job in front of you so yeah that that's a big challenge and that's what everyone has to deal with and concentrate on on what's in front of you.
0: You're not confronting any six foot eight fast
1: bowlers, Robbie, and
0: pushing them around.
1: No, absolutely not. That's a, yeah. That's where you got to get the balance right, haven't you? You don't want to roll them up too much, otherwise they're going to want to knock you out. But you also, yeah, exactly. But you also don't want to, you know, cower away in the corner. And I think probably my personality is more introverted. So yeah, probably for me, it's it's trying to make sure that you know your body language and you're showing that confidence. I remember reading something about. Stuart Broad, actually, that every time he walked back to his mark, he'd look, try and look out at the stadium. Okay. So that would be his way of, you know, keeping his head up, his chest out and giving that impression of control. And I think that's like quite a nice sort of type of small coping mechanism that sort of keeps you level and consistent and you see some of the bowlers who get hit for four and they're walking back to their mark as if you know their car's been stolen you think that sort of emotional roller coaster it, it makes it tough to perform consistently so i think having those sort of things that work for you to keep you in a in a good level of confidence but you know in control i think is is a good balance to help you perform well
0: yeah I think there's there's a great point. One interesting thing that our listeners are always keen to learn more about is is leadership. You you've been captaining the Middlesex second team at, so, at certain points in the last couple of years. How have you found that sort of leadership challenge and are there any particular insights that you've picked up which you hadn't thought about before?
1: Yeah, it's a re- it's a really interesting role in cricket, particularly because there's a lot more to it than other sports where you're sort of seen as more of a sort of figurehead. With cricket, there's a huge amount of um, you know tactics, decision making, man management. It's a very sort of all encompassing role and it's a very challenging role. I really enjoy doing it. I, it's something that I, I really like. It's actually sort of links to what we were speaking about earlier. How I think it helps with your performance in a way because it takes the sort of you thinking about yourself because you've got other people or other decisions to make I think it can sort of take that that feeling that worry about your own game sort of out of it a little bit I suppose the uh, the flip side is that you know some people just like focusing on their skill but for me I, I enjoyed having you know a bigger wider picture and that helped me with my skill because I felt like it was you're worried more about the team than, than your own performance it's, it's a very challenging role I think the man management side of it is probably the most difficult learning how to speak to to bowlers to you know people you can get some grumpy fast bowlers when they, they want to keep going and you've got to take them off so it's about understanding individuals and how they they best react you know I, I haven't done it a huge amount there'll be people who have you know had a huge amount of experience of it and I think it's really clear when you see those those captains that are well respected and they have huge amount of skill and and ability to sort of yeah manage people and manage a team I know when I was at Essex Ryan Tenderscarter he's probably one of the most respected right. captains in the domestic game and he'd done it for many years and his commanding of respect and the way he spoke to people was incredibly impressive and I think that was a great sort of insight to see how someone like him would be able to sort of galvanize speak to people individually and yeah just just get the best out of the group which is fundamentally what the what the job's about so yeah it's a really interesting role and I'd I'd love to do more of it in the future but yeah always sort of something to learn off how other people do and trying to develop the sort of leadership skills which you know have a very wide-ranging use down the line.
0: Yeah, I think the point you picked up about how to manage people, you know, treating them as individuals, because I suppose in the workplace as well, you can't apply just like a cookie cutter way of managing. You have to think like, what it, what are their motivations? What do they want out of the job? It could be that some people are quite happy with the level they're at, but there are other people who want to progress. And then when it comes to promotion, you can't promote everybody. I agree with you. There aren't any easy right or wrong answers, but it's about learning and trying to become better and hopefully you've picked up some good experience, which will keep hold you in good stead going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to learn off those people who have, who have been there and done the journey. And, you know, you can see the ones who really understand how to to get the most out of all the players. And it's such a, a great skill to have. So, yeah, it's, it's great to watch those those guys and how they manage individuals and how they manage the team to get the best out of everyone in it.
0: And now turning to your second career, the wealth management piece, how's all that going? I hope David James are looking after you. Uh, <laughs> they should be scared that someone's going to poach you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not sure about that. It's uh, Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I started during COVID when I was in my last year and yeah, I wanted to explore other options. And I did a few sort of bits of work experience and spoke to some of our sponsors, but nothing sort of really substantial. And then, yeah, getting the opportunity with David James, one of the, the founders, of CEO, was a professional golfer and he sort of played in America for a few years, James Rice. He was really keen to get me on board and I, I did the advisor school to get qualified, which I got qualified last year. So that was great. Yeah, now just working mainly in the winter, which is where we have a lot of free time as as cricketers to you know do other things that you know expand our knowledge and expertise outside of cricket which is definitely a good thing. I really enjoy it it's something that gets me out of the cricket Environment is something that's sort of stimulating, and it's been great to sort of get the qualifications and learn a lot about a new area that you know I didn't know a huge amount. And it's sort of quite worrying in a way that you know you leave school without much knowledge of these things that are so important to you. And that's what I really enjoy is helping sort of younger people. You know, we, we focus with sort of athletes and musicians and that sort of talent area and helping them plan their finances, and they have huge challenges and you know huge responsibilities in their work so it's about helping them you know take something off their their chest and ensure that those things are being looked after so that they can sort of focus 100 on on their their sport or their music or whatever it is so yeah i, I really enjoy it it's great to have it and they've been very very welcoming and sort of flexible with fitting into my schedule which can be challenging throughout the year I, I really enjoy it it's great to have as something that hopefully you know in time when i stop playing down the line that i'll go into full time so do you have a portfolio
0: of Robbie, or are you just assisting people
1: so i'm not i'm not advising at the moment i'm sort of getting experience with dealing with the sort of process of of the advice and sitting in on meetings and helping grow the wider the network of you know understanding about you know proper financial planning and yeah just trying to spread some education and help people avoid some some common mistakes yes. and trap so yeah it's a it's a really interesting world and I think yeah I I enjoy just speaking to young people and trying to ensure that they they sort of know what they're doing and they're sort of engaging with people who they trust and are credible some of the statistics of you know athletes there's been a lot of studies on athletes who you know have hugely successful careers and then have very big challenges with bankruptcy and financial difficulty and mental health and things like that so that's something that hopefully it can sort of try and do more to help the education and yeah, help athletes understand that you know that there's a lot that they can be doing to help their their future selves that their their future self will thank them for so hopefully we can sort of help more young people do, do the right thing and, and put themselves in a good position moving forward
0: it is, I think, very sad when you hear these stories about people who've made lots of money during their career, and then for whatever reason, it's just been frittered away. I mean, even somebody like Usain Bolt, poor guy, he lost a lot. I mean, that's not through his fault, but bad things can happen if you're not keeping an eye on things. So yeah, I think you know, financial education is very important. And I'm glad that you're enjoying your second career, and I'm sure that James Rice should be happy to have you on board. <laughs>
1: It's nice to have have something else that sort of yeah gets your mind away from cricket sometimes. I think it can be a, as we discussed, a demanding, yeah, and a challenging career. And hopefully I can have a sort of a long future career with David James through until I stop playing and and beyond that. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how that will pr- progress moving forward.
0: And for our listeners who are thinking about, you know, career and financial services, Robbie. Do you have any thoughts about strategies to get into financial services or the skills that you would need? I mean, clearly you've had a limited experience, but is there anything that you've picked up apart from good Excel skills and being a nice person as well?
1: Yeah, that's a good good question. I think, yeah, I, I think I always wanted to do something with finance. I, I always enjoyed sort of math and economics and stuff at school, but without much experience as a sort of quickly you don't do much yes. else. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to sort of challenge myself in a different area. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I suppose that the challenge that the finance sector can have, and we talked about some of the bad things that have happened is, you know, the lack of trust and the slight sort of scepticism that people can have dealing with the finance industry and certain you know and and individuals from it and it can it can be quite a complicated you know difficult to understand world for people and I think one of my sort of beliefs is that people should be taught more about things that are going to be key to their lives moving forward so I think yeah one of the big things is is that sort of trust and credibility and and you know making things easy to understand for the normal person so I think that's a sort of key thing that I found with with chatting to to people is you know you need to build trust that comes through time and through sort of actions and consistent behavior and also yeah trying to make things as as sort of Simple and clear as possible, and not, yeah, not getting too detailed and and complex, and sort of putting people off with sort of myriad of different avenues you can go down with. It. So, yeah, I'm obviously quite new in 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 my journey, but it's it's one that I'm really enjoying, and hopefully I can, yeah, continue down it and uh, yeah, keep enjoying it.
0: Yeah, make sure you brush up or or keep your Excel spreadsheet skills high. Absolutely. Always helpful. PowerPoint as well. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. I think, those,
0: I think those are two key things: PowerPoint and Excel.
1: But again, often, you know, you don't, you know, you don't learn some of the basic things at school, do you? And you yeah, you course. end up with things that you really need when you get into the workplace or you get into real life with not a lot of, you know, real world knowledge. So, yeah, always helpful with the spreadsheets, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, but, but on, the, on the flip side, I don't think there are many advisors who scored two first class hundreds and several fifties. <laughs> <or 50s. laughs> I'm sure well, you've yeah. got lots of interesting stories to tell.
1: Yeah, well hopefully that's a sort of slight point of difference. So yeah, there's actually a few cricketers who are who are looking to do the advisor score and get qualified. And so I think it's a it's a good area for athletes to to go into. I think it sort of taps into quite a lot of the skills that we deal with as sportsmen. And I found that there's some good correlation there. So yeah, hopefully that's something that I can sort of use some of the skills I picked up in my sport career as I sort of move forward in the finance world.
0: Brilliant. Anyway, Robbie, thank, thank you so much for you know, obviously taking the time today to chat with us and revisit your career. I'm really pleased that you know, since we last spoke that things have gone well. But I, I, I'm a bit surprised that after your 70 that saved your career, there was no mention of Reframe and Reset Your Career. <laughs> All the things that I learned, <laughs> which helped me save my career. Yeah. You've got Virat Kohli promoting Stevenson. <laughs> At least I thought my mate Robbie Robbie White is going to give me a shout out.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that had the same the same traction as a Virat Kohli. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and the last thing is is there anybody you'd like to sort of thank or give a shout out to, who's helped you in your journey career
1: oh that's a good good question wasn't expecting that at the end um, I think uh, well I'll always say that I was very lucky with my my family growing up they, they were very supportive and encouraging of my my sport and progress and me and my brother used to play a lot of a lot of garden cricket and, and garden all sports yeah I was very lucky to have a, a good environment when I was young to sort of try out all these different sports and explore different things so yeah they were they were sort of yeah very instrumental to to my development and then the sort of ferrying around and constant taxi rides that they gave me throughout my sort of teenage years when it's going to Middlesex indoor school about three or four times a week so yeah they, they they've always been incredibly helpful and you need sort of you need help and support on on any sort of journey so I'm, I'm very thankful for that.
0: Because your brother is a doctor, is that right, Robbie? He is, yeah. How's he getting on? Yeah, he's
1: doing really well. He's, yeah, he just had an exam. He's in paediatrics in the Midlands, sort of the Derby, Nottingham area. He's not too far off being a consultant, I think. So yeah, he's doing very well. But yeah, I think pretty manic and slightly different challenges. When I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself and thinking things are, are tough, it's always good to have a conversation with him and see what he's had to deal with on any given day so that that's quite a nice yeah a nice sort of context for me when I yeah you think of the challenges that you have as, as sports on which obviously you do have what some other people have to deal with it's so it's not too bad so yeah it's it's, it's really we, we get on really well and it's nice to see him doing really well in a sort of yeah in a brilliant career so it's yeah it's, I'm very grateful to to have him.
0: Anyway, Robbie, I, I do wish you all the best for the season, and uh, I'll be keeping fingers crossed that you score lots of runs. It's been you know such a pleasure ch- chatting with you, and I do think that there's a psychology guru in there.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Asha. It's been a, yeah, it's always great to chat, and uh, yeah, really enjoying the the podcast, and look forward to seeing as more and more come out. So yeah, it's, it's a good place to get some insights into different different areas and sort of speak about the challenges of yeah, different careers and, and moving into different areas. So yeah, it's definitely something that I've picked up some, some stuff on and hopefully there'll be, there'll be more moving forward. Have a good one, Robbie, and all, all the best. Cheers, Harsha.
0: Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening and staying to the end. That was such a fun interview. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, please subscribe to the podcast, which is available on your favourite providers and subscription is free. If you wish to learn more about any of the resources mentioned in this episode, please take a look at the show notes, which are available online. Thanks once again for listening. Wishing you success with your career. I hope you will join me again in the future.